Your news programme every morning with up-to-the-minute news and extensive analysis of issues from Korea and abroad. This morning with Alex Jensen on TBS EFM. So at exactly 7.39, low birth rate is often cited as one of the pressing problems we have to deal with in, in our ageing society. Uh, in fact, the government spent about 100 trillion won over the past 10 years. We still have the second lowest birth rate in the OECD, so among developed nations as of last year. Just, just put that into perspective again. 100 trillion won spent over 10 years and not really showing any sign of benefit at the moment. Um, should we try something totally new? In fact, France and Sweden have this child benefit system where you get a monthly allowance if you're a parent. Now, I, I know also some parents here get a monthly allowance, but let's get uh, an idea of what's different about this one and why it's maybe proving more effective. Professor Jan Winderbank, School of Languages and Cultures at University of Sheffield in the UK, joins us on the line. Good morning to you from Seoul. Oh, good morning, Alex. Um, so uh, tell us a bit more, if you would, about this particular child benefit system and how it works. Yeah, uh, well, first of all, it's to say that child benefit systems uh, exist throughout Europe and have quite a long history, uh, going back to sort of inception of the welfare state after the Second World War. And essentially, as you've already said, they're, they're weekly or monthly allowances paid simply to parents because they have children. Um, on the whole, they're universal. That means they're, they're not paid, um, you know, according to means. They're not means tested. Um, and they're simply supposed to help with the cost of bringing up a child. But are they substantial? Do they actually help that much? Uh, well, unfortunately, no. <laughs> um, all of the research in Europe has really found that they have very little effect um, on birth rates. And this is for a simple reason, that uh, although they give parents um, a certain amount of money, in the UK it's uh, £15, so that's sort of $20, $25 uh, a week. Um, in some uh, places it's slightly more um, uh, but, um, generous, but not hugely so. Uh, because the main cost today of bringing up a child is, in fact, the, um, the loss of an income. So very often after a child is born, the mother usually uh, has to give up work or radically reduce her work hours, and, and that's where the cost comes in. Yeah. Um, so what we found in Europe is actually helping mothers to stay in the workforce is what helps the birth rate. I mean, to be perfectly honest, and I've gone through a few children here in, in Korea, uh, I, I can say that we do have some of these allowances in place. I mean, for my one-year-old daughter right now, we still have a... Uh, her own account, which uh, affords certain um, amounts of money for, you know, potentially vaccinations and so on. But you can use it pretty much as you want to use it. And uh, on top of that, um, you know, there are allowances with uh, childcare and that sort of thing, for especially uh, potentially helpful for parents who do both want to stay in the workplace. In other words, Professor Winderbank, I feel that there is something else going on here. Like, the decision to have a child. I can't say personally, for example, that the decision to have any of my children was based on such practical questions as, you know, will there be an allowance after, after the baby? <laughs> 
Yes. Well, yes, of course, there, there are a huge number of factors that will come in uh, to play for the individual. Um, but this is really just looking at a kind of national level. So, um, unfortunately, I can only speak about Europe uh, rather than Asian countries. But if you compare European countries, those that come at the top of the league table in terms of birth rate, so France, that's my particular specialism, yeah. um, that's been at the top of the European Union birth rate table for about 10 years now, kind of off on um, with women having around two children each which is a high figure for Europe um, and also a very small percentage of women choosing not to have children at all only about 10% uh, mm. which is half of the UK figure for example and what you see it's not just child benefit um, but it's a whole range of services for parents that you'll find in France so there are crash for very young children Benefits are paid if you want to uh, hire a childminder or a nanny. Nursery school is free from three years of age. You can take three years parental leave if you want to look after a child yourself. Um, you can ask for part-time work from your employer. You can take time off to look after sick children. So the state really invests in children. So the yes. child benefit is symbolic. It tells French citizens that the state wants them to have children and yep. they're going to look after them if they have children. And, and presumably it smashes any potential discrimination at work when, when people know they have all these rights. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, for example, in France, around 60 plus percent of women are in the workforce, which is only about 6 or 7% less than for men. In Sweden, there's more or less no difference now between the percentage of men and women who work in, uh, who, who have a paid job. Um, so, yeah, that gives families that stability as well. When you have two incomes, you're uh, protected to a certain again uh, to a certain extent against the risk of poverty because if one person loses their job the other person can still work so that kind of stability also helps people feel secure in being able to have the number of children that they want yeah. um, without having you know financial worries about it um, as a slight aside here because I, I want to get back to the culture mm -hmm. of having children in a moment but we've got a text yes, message uh, here at Powder Sharp 1013 for 51 per message saying, we're packed like mm -hmm. sardines here. No jobs. Folks try to survive. Let's have kids. Mm -hmm. Question mark, question mark, question mark. You know, um, what, what, are you, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, we are told repeatedly by economists that we do need to have more young people in this country. Otherwise, we're facing real economic problems down the line. But you, but you can also understand why parents might be reluctant to have children when they see some societal issues around them in the here and now? Yeah, absolutely. And, and you do see fluctuations in the birth rate depending on how the economy is going. Um, and this is particularly uh, evident we see in Southern Europe, uh, European countries who have been very, very hard hit by the economic crisis since uh, 2008. Um, and one of the reasons there is that the very high unemployment that you get um, amongst young people means that they can't start their independent life very quickly. They can't get jobs, which means they can't get their own place to live, um, form relationships and therefore have children. So they're having children later and later, so they have fewer of them. Um, and uh, in fact, uh, I was looking at the case recently of uh, Italy, and one in three children in Italy actually live in, in uh, families that are considered poor, and it has one of the lowest birth rates in Europe, so there's yep. got to be a, a relationship there, yes. 
Right. Uh, coming back to the culture of having children, though, I mean, a lot of it comes down to, you know, your expectations, I think, for your children as well. Um, if, if, yes. if people have very high expectations uh, for education, for example, I mean, Korea's got a decent yes. public education system, but many people mm-hmm. will spend a lot of money on, on extra tuition. Uh, if... Um, you know, you're already struggling to get by with one child, then, you know, I guess that's also going to come into it. Yeah, absolutely. And, and and if you look really over the long term in terms of how many children people are having, that's been a very important uh, aspect, that people want to invest in their children and sort of do the best for them. And one of the ways of doing that is not have so many of them. Um, so so definitely over the longer term, that that's... Uh, that's a, um, mm. a, a question. But once again, I think it does come down to the culture in the particular country of how much parents think they're being helped in that yeah. uh, respect. If they feel that it's just down to them, um, then obviously that's going to put a lot of pressure on them and possibly put them off having more children. If they feel that it's a, more of a collective responsibility and the state is helping them in all these different ways, then at least just from the figures, it looks like people feel more confident about having more children. But but there is an irony um, as well in one of the other factors, uh, which might come down to basic selfishness. I mean, I hear from friends who say they just don't want to have kids, you know, that, that, that pure mm-hmm. and simple. They haven't even necessarily given it the amount of thought that we've put into this interview. They've just think, thought about their lifestyle and they live in a, in, in a modern society and, and feel like they're empowered to make that choice. Now, the thing is... The irony there is that down the road, you pay the, the cost for that. You're in a society with a low birth rate, which doesn't help, of course, paying for pension payments and so on, but you also don't necessarily have direct family members to take care of you. Yes, yeah, that, that's absolutely true. Um, and it's a question of the, the ageing population rather than the actual population size, which is uh, uh, the main uh, problem today. But going back to your, your original point about uh, it being a question of lifestyle, um, I mean, you don't have to go that far back um, in history, probably only 30, 35 years. And it was a normal expectation for people to, to get married relatively young um, and to, to have children. It was there was a certain degree of choice in it but it was socially expected Uh, whereas nowadays it is very much more um, a free choice but once again I do think that is more the case in some countries than others exactly Um, and uh, yeah particularly in the UK there's as I said 20 20% 20% of women will reach the end of their childbearing years not having had children, uh, whereas the figure's a lot lower in, in some other countries. So clearly, the efforts that the French government have taken, and, and they've gone, you know, what some might say, overboard on this, but, but, it's, mm. but it's made a difference um, in, in a country yes. that's, uh, you know, okay, traditionally Catholic, but it doesn't really have uh, a strong religious identity, not nearly as strong as it did once. And clearly, there are some... Um, secular reasons why people are having babies there. Thank you so much, uh, Professor Winbank, for joining us today. Okay. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me. Professor, Bye-bye. Professor Jan Winbank from School of Languages and Cultures at the University of Sheffield in the United Kingdom. You can tweet us your thoughts uh, if you want to get in touch that way at EFM this morning.